0: This is October 27th, and this is The Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to The Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great, safe, and healthy week. Uh, obviously, it's almost the end of October. It's almost November, and I won't say, I will not say what we would typically be doing or what we typically might be talking about. I won't say it. I will not say it. I just won't say it. Not gonna say it. But as you guys know, obviously right now, as things are currently constructed, uh, there's not a lot of Bruins news to cover. There's not a lot of things to talk about. So I had on Connor Ryan this week of Boston Sports Journal and we discussed who the Bruins could still potentially get out there. And there's actually not some, there's some pretty good names. Uh, are they Taylor Hall? Are they Alex Petrangelo? Are they even Tori Krug? No, they're not. But they're still helpful and could still make a difference. So we discussed that in this episode. And we also got into some goofy stuff. There's also a thing that we talk about with NHL 21 that we might try to get people involved in if we can. So obviously stay, keep your ears perked up for that if you like to play NHL 21 like we do. Uh, before we get into the episode, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals, to team player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win division and championship futures today. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook book expert. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor. What is up?
1: Nothing much, man. What's going on with you?
0: Not much. Trying to survive during these COVID times. We were saying before we started recording that uh, there's a spike in Massachusetts. Uh, here in, in the Bay State, there's been a little bit of a spike in cases. Um, and not you, great. Yeah, not great. Not the, not the best thing in the world. They shut down hockey recently. They shut down ranks at least, uh, which is unfortunate to see. You don't want, You don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that to happen. Uh The NHL sort of keeps moving the goalposts back. You can tell January 1st might not be the date. No, nope. And uh, what's even worse, and Steve Buckley wrote about this in The Athletic today, or, or uh Sunday or Monday, whatever it was when he wrote it, Um, you know, all we have right now, Boston's the Patriots. There's nobody else. You know, the Celtics, nope. Red Sox, nope. Bruins, nope. And so all we have in Boston is the Patriots. And that's... Sucks. Not a it's lot gonna going be a,
1: uh, it's gonna be a pretty arduous couple of months for multiple reasons but especially in terms of the sports landscape because it's not like we're also in a, a great stretch here with the offseason where it's gonna be a lot of riveting news every we're gonna I think we're gonna be scratching for the bottom of the barrel next couple of weeks here
0: oh yes we are going to be just this is gonna be the, as you said the barrel we're gonna be scraping the bottom of that thing trying to find content because uh, it's funny we've been kind of spoiled the past month there's been a ton. Uh, free agency, trades, the draft, and now it's like, oh, we're back to the off season. We're back to nothing. And typically, you know, would be in the beginning of the season right here. But so be it. That's we don't uh, we don't have that right now, which is unfortunate because we could use some distractions right now. Yes, <laughs> we could really really use some distractions right now. But there is still stuff to cover. There is Bruins things to talk about. Um, from the perspective of what they should do. Because, again, they have a little over $6 million in cap. They still have to re-sign Jake DeBrusque. um, And they still have a little bit of wiggle room. There's still some things they could do. And the moves I think we'll talk about today are ones that they can absolutely make um, with the cap space they have. I don't think these would be issues. I don't think this would constrain them cap-wise, especially in this market. So uh, I think... It was either on this or poke the bear that I mentioned this specific name that I am so in for. And what's funny is I was very against this when this name first came up and this man went to a Canadian team. I'm really doing a great job of, of uh, not saying who this person is.
1: That's what to say. Yeah.
0: Uh, and you were also very against this person. We were mm-hmm. all like, Oh my God, this guy, get a load of this guy. Am I yeah. right? But Ilya Kovalchuk, a veteran minimum deal for 725k, maybe 800 something k. I don't think you're going over a million with Ilya. Classic Ilya. You're not going over a million with him. What do you think of this? Because I'm starting to grow on me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be realistic at this point of what the Bruins are able to do. So, I mean, if we look at kind of the, the order of what they need to do this offseason, obviously number one is Jake DeBrusque. Number two is you find out what you're going to do with Zdeno Char. And after that, it's like, all right. I think probably the number one priority is probably upgrading your blue line, which I don't really know how you're going to do that, right? Like, unless you're doing a trade or something like that, I don't think there's anyone left on the free agent market that, you know, you're going to sign and be like, all right, that's – we're replacing Tory Crew with that guy. And then not be like, oh, oh shit, this might – like, we'll see how this goes, right? It's not like a guy who's going to be locked in to a top four spot. So I think when you look at um, – You know a guy like Kovalchuk, and you know you can look at the way that this forward core is kind of set up. And if you want to pitch to me that once Martian and Pasternark are healthy, which you have to wait a little bit for that, um, you know you could pitch to me that that group, where you add a guy like Kasha, who should be healthy and have a full training camp, and a guy like Craig Smith, that this forward core be much better next year if all works out. But Still, if you have a chance to add a guy like Kovalchuk for a minimum, a league minimum deal, which is pretty, re- you know, it's pretty realistic this given how this market is. I mean, you've had multiple guys taking much less in terms of term or average annual value already. If this, you know, free agent market stretches into November and these guys still don't have anywhere to sign. Like you're going to see a lot of these guys who maybe could have made one and a half to two, two and a half million are taking, you know, uh, really, really cheap deals just to get on a team this year. And so I think for the Bruins, if, you know, obviously the guy people are focusing on now is Mike Hoffman, which, yeah, if Mike Hoffman, you know, his contract drops down to where it's a one-year deal and he's willing to sign for, I don't know, $3 million or something, if he gets to that low, then yeah, of course. But I still think you still have teams like Nashville that needs scoring, a team like Columbus that needs scoring, who have – a good amount of cap room left to play with it. They could probably hand out, you know, 5 million or so. I think they're probably just waiting for the the price to drop too. Um, So I think if you're looking for the Bruins at just finding another piece or so to add to that mix up front, it doesn't really hurt you to, you know, explore a guy like Kovalchuk. And if he fits, then it's great. You're paying, you're, you know, you're getting a guy who can get you 30 something points, maybe around them for a, a, a cheap deal like that. And if he doesn't work out, then screw it. It's, you're not really spending that much money on the guy. So I think it's a pretty prudent move for the Bruins uh, for, throughout this off season. They're just looking at a guy like him or a few of these other guys that are willing to sign, you know, one year deals just pretty much to, you know, a lot of these friends are just looking for like a life raft at this point, right? Like this market is so ass backwards that these guys are just trying to find a place to land to bump their value back up and, you know, if it's a guy like Kovalchuk, who, again, as you said, I don't think we were particularly high on him, especially after his time in uh, uh, L.A., but showed that he could play well, um, you know, in a higher-up role with Canadians, But then even with Washington during the regular season, at least, he was in more of a third-line role and looked pretty good there. So um, if he's available for cheap, it doesn't really hurt you to, to add a guy like him into the mix, right?
0: It doesn't. And also, I mean, you know, Marshawn and Pasternak are probably missing the start of the season, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially Pasternak. Um And if you can have more guys to potentially put with a guy like Patrice Bergeron, I mean, Kovalchuk makes sense up there for a temporary time and then have him move around, you know, maybe he's Krejci second line, right winger. Maybe, you know, maybe Ilya Kovalchuk's been the answer all this time. Uh, maybe you throw him on the third line or, or, or something along the, the, that sort. So to me, I don't see the, 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 like the the real downside to Kovalchuk because you're not paying, you wouldn't be paying him a lot. It's not right. like you're signing this guy to a four year, you know, $4 million deal, uh, right. 4 million per It you're, it would be a league minimum for no more than probably a year. So, nice. you know, and again, as you said, they want life rafts and you mentioned Mike coffin and we both said this last week, make it to be a point, in the off season where there's no, you know, these guys have nothing. They need a team to play for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's time to sign uh, right. somewhere, at least for a year. So, as we know, this really isn't the off season for guys outside of the top four free agents getting long term deals. I mean, yeah. outside of Petrangelo and Tori Krug, there hasn't been any yeah. super long deals. I, mean, I guess Jacob Markstrom a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, but even like Krug, but, you could make the argument right that I think people thought he was going to get eight, and then he gets what he got too. Like even those guys, yeah. I mean, Toffoli, look at him too. I think he was probably a six million year guy, maybe in a regular market. Um, So I mean, it's funny you look back at like those signings the Bruins made with uh, Coyle and Wagner. And those guys must be like doing backflips. In fact, they oh, yeah. signed it back when they did. Cause it just, this whole market, you know, for guys who are honestly are deserving of what the market was before now have to take these concessions where, you know, fair or not, just kind of the way the market is right now.
0: It's so, it was so weird by the way. I don't know if you saw those Tory Krug, like videos of him touring the St. Louis blues practice facility. It's very weird. Holding the 47 Jersey as a mm-hmm. blue and like, it's just so weird. Like, yeah. what? I just still can't process it. I'm still like, what is going on? Yeah. What do you mean you're on the blues? It's like, you're supposed to be a Red Wing or like a a, a blue jacket or, or a Bruin. But a blue. I mean, it's just like, ooh. Like a I mean, imagine go back, Zone episode. Go, yes, go, Black Mirror. Go back to like 2019. Go back to like the spring of 2019. Just not that long ago. Really not that long ago. And we're, you know, we're covering the cup final, we're having a great time, we're not a care in the world, health related. And imagine if someone came to us and said, hey, 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 you're going to through a global pandemic, and Tory Krug is going to be a St. Louis blue in 2020, and would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no.
1: I would probably more be like, the global pandemic, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, <laughs> I think Tory Krug and that would also like go like, absolutely apeshit in terms of like, and that's not even counting the fact like, it's funny, and it, it's not funny, but you look back at just how much shit, uh, but like between that and like Kobe Bryant died in January. And, oh, like, I know. Uh, uh, Tom Brady left and all this like yes, <laughs> that's got traded. went like, to hell. <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, I mean, literally, you look back at last year and like everyone obviously looks at the uh, him lighting up Rob Thomas, which also that video of them like reuniting on a video. I was like, ah, this just doesn't feel right.
0: No, it doesn't. Like that hit was
1: huge, and That's like, it's like if Chara was like after he took out Pachareddy the next year, like just somehow <laughs> was on the team and be like, "Hey, sorry, buddy," and like he, he has like a photo op with like the Montreal Police Department and like all of them are shaking hands. It's like, ah, oh, it's just no, I,
0: we're not. doing Sorry, this. sorry, I almost broke your spine. Yeah, uh, no, we're not. doing I, this. I just, I, I, I wonder if the Bruins had won that cup. I wonder if they do all this the same stuff. I wonder if, first of all, I think the universe would be different. I think if the Bruins won the cup, no COVID. I think, can we all agree on that? It's a very bold Uh,
1: proclamation, but I I see your reasoning.
0: Yeah, exactly. It makes all the sense in the world. But I think that, you know, people, uh, I think if the Bruins had won the cup, I don't think that hit on Robert Thomas would be so funny to St. Louis. I think it would be like, oh yeah, you know, that'd be like if, if, you know, uh, uh, Milan Lugic went to the Canucks. Oh yeah. And yeah. After, in like 2012, and they were like joking around about how, you know, he's like, hey, hey, Alex Burroughs, mmm, taste my fingers, yeah. how do they yeah, taste? Yeah. It's like, exactly. It, just, yeah. it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but, so that is, that we kind of got off track there, um, and talking about Krug and COVID, but it is, it is so weird to see Krug, uh, the way he is now, uh, with a different team and, and also Chris Wagner got married. Chris Wagner, yeah, he, got, uh, he got engaged, got engaged, got, not
1: engaged, <laughs> got engaged, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. shows you just like how, how the offseason's going now is now we're just like working through like the daily lives, like by the way, uh, the Charlie McAvoy's dog seems <laughs> like he's doing well,
0: Charlie McAvoy and apple picking the other day, that was quite notable, I mean, you know, which apple did he pick, I mean, does it, is he it a Granny true. Smith guy, is he a Macintosh guy, I mean, it really kind of depends if, you know, if he's a Macintosh guy, I don't know if, the, you know, if he's Galen, he guy, give him, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I don't true. think the Bruins give him a long term deal if he's a gala guy.
1: Yeah, uh, you're actually but, stealing all my material for all my podcasts, So thank you, Evan. Yes, I was doing a, yes, very deep dive on apple picking.
0: Yes, yes. It, it, that I, I, that was my point. I wanted to just kind of take it right <laughs> there. You me. go. Um, but so there are some other guys the Bruins can go out and uh trade for. You wrote about it this week in BSJ. Um, on defense, there's really only one that's obvious. And it's Mackenzie Wegar. It's not like it's this like you know, franchise-altering defenseman. Uh, Mackenzie Wegar, by the way, was the guy Nolachari like killed, okay. like like ripped apart,
1: mm-hmm. like in
0: a fight. Ironically, they're teammates now, um, and like Spitting Chicklets did that joke with him. Did you ever see that where <laughs> yeah, they were I did, like? I did see that. It has to uh, change uniform number. But um, Mackenzie Wegar is an interesting one. He wouldn't cost a lot. He, he, he's due for an upgrade from the 1.6 million he's making now. But I mean. Would that be worth the two million cap hit that he might bring, or one point eight million?
1: I mean, I mean Uyghur you would have to trade for, right? Because he's an RFA, right? Or I think, oh, I think Florida wants to trade him. So unless you wanted to off sheet him, it's the only way you'd get a guy like Uyghur. So it would—I mean, you hear all the reports saying that Uyghur is in trade talks because Florida doesn't want to sign him to what his new deal is. Because I think he was making one point six. So um, Uyghur's not a guy who I think is a, a like a kind of a bargain bin kind of guy. I mean, I think probably if he was getting an, a, a raise, I'd probably say it's around the same kind of pay scale. You're looking at a guy like Grizzly got, you know, maybe three and a half, four million. Um, but I think that's a guy who, I mean, I think you trade some assets up front for, because I think are shores up your your top four. I love Weegar's game. Um, Played with Ekblad for most of that year. And listen, Florida is not a good defensive team. Having Sergey Bobrovsky as your goalie isn't going to help you out, but still that's not a very – a structured roster to say the least. Um, and we are still was one of the best at kind of just negating scoring chances at five on five. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but he's still willing to drop the gloves as you saw with him, you know, fighting, fighting a chari. I mean, that's kind of just his style of play. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that we even, you know, take out the signing guys like uh, Kovalchuk or any these other, Forwards. If you trade for a guy like Weegar, I think that solves your biggest problem in that you've got a top four set, whether it's regardless of what the pairs are, right? McAvoy, Weigar, who's 26, Chris and Kahlo. That's a pretty good top four to work with, especially if they all kind of play to their strengths. So that'd be, I think, like my number one focus if what the Bruins would be doing is. Um, you know, you know, trading, I don't know if the cost be like Debrusque or whether it's, you know, maybe Bjork and some other assets. But um, again, if you make a move like that and you fit both him and debrusque under the cap with the money you trade away to, you know, whether it's Bjork or a few other guys, maybe then you can get some more forward debt by then signing a guy like Kovalchuk for 850 or 725 or something like that. So there's a whole bunch of different ways. Like we look at this off season it's so tough to map it out because not a lot's happening right now. I think everyone's just kind of, it's the scene in the office where they're all finger pointing guns at each other. It's like, no one's making a move. No one's, no one wants to be, I think people are realizing now that uh, it was really friggin' dumb to like, just drop money right out the gate because of how much like stuff, how many, how much people were pretty much like Montreal signing Josh Anderson to that contract. They're probably like, shit. Like, dude, what could we doing? Yeah, we could have – I mean, like, I like Josh Anderson's game, and if he is the 30-goal scorer he was when he was healthy, it's a, still a good deal, I guess. But still, like, look at how this market changed. Or even, like, the Bruins signing Kevin Miller to, you know, $1.25, $2 in total of bonuses. Like, wait a couple of days, see how these guys are signing. Like, it's just the way this market is, that it's, it's, it's brutal. But – um, well, all the,
0: there were teams clamoring at you know the gates of warrior for Kevin Miller.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's just like the biggest takeaway I think is just we're going to have a lot of these teams kind of grinded to a halt here um, and waiting for kind of the other shoe to drop because it seems like the teams are in no hurry. They're waiting to see who bites first on some of these deals. Um, And, you know, it the players really don't have much of the leverage right now. Right. It's not like you've got, 10 teams that are flush with cash right now. Like, even the teams that have uh, some money set aside, they still got to handle their own RFAs. So, like, Detroit's got a a crap ton of money, but they also have to re-sign Mantha and a few other guys. Like, it's not like there's, like, teams that are just – have been on the prowl waiting. And plus, you've got teams like Tampa that's in Capel who has to move contracts out. Like, this whole thing seems like it's going to be just a complete shit show as we get closer and closer. And for a team like the Bruins who – Yes, once you sign DeBrusque, it remains to be seen how much cap flexibility you're going to have. But they could be in an advantageous spot, even with two and a half, three million, just in terms of what some of these contracts might drop down to in another month or so.
0: It's funny the Bjork for Weegar, Bjork and assets thing for Weegar. Yeah. I think is very intriguing because it feels like you know they're going to have a good amount of, and we've both said this, they're going to have a good amount of. You know, fringe top six forwards. You you have Bjork, yeah, you have Stadika, you have Kuhlman, Now you have potentially Senishin. You have uh, you know, you have Kasha. You have Craig Smith. You have maybe Nick St- Ritchie. St-
1: maybe Stenika. Like, You've got a whole. Did bunch I say, of guys. Did I say you Maybe you did. There's so many freaking guys that like. There's a ton. Yeah,
0: it's like you have to you have to, you know, pick and choose who you want to keep. You can't p- use all of it if they went out with a Kovalchuk, that's another one. So. You can't have all of these guys just there Mm -hmm. when you could potentially use a guy like Bjork who has some trade value and maybe a draft pick or maybe another prospect to get a guy like Wegar. I mean, the RFA stuff's kind of complicated, but to to, to potentially do something like that, you could do. And I think it would make Mm -hmm. sense for you to do because you have all of those top six, your top nine forwards. And you just, you know, it wouldn't be the first time a a left shot Boston fringe top six winger Went to uh, the Florida Panthers. Frank Petrano, one of them. Uh, Riley Smith, another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that uh, trading for Uyghur wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, and you have you have some cap space. If you can get him and DeBrusque done. And as you said, maybe sign a Kovalchuk. Not the worst thing in the world. Uh, what's funny is they have all the depth up front. Usually the Bruins have a good amount of depth in back. This mm-hmm. year feels like it's going to be a lot up front. Uh, two other names up front. By the way, the uh, Mikhail Sergachev thing, mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Uh, I have a franchise vote with the Blackhawks in 1921. Mm-hmm. 21, and I almost offer sheeted Sergachev because he was on the board forever, and then mm-hmm. it was like, a gift to give up like three first round picks, and I
1: was like, nah, yeah. no, um, yeah. I still don't know if Tampa's getting out of that. So that's no, no idea. What you
0: see. No idea. By the way, I traded Jonathan Taves, and uh, I got a, I traded actually just on a side. I traded, so this was NHL 21 franchise mode. This is how wild EA is. I traded Taves to the Bruins, who were like 500 for, uh, and somehow I was, they didn't go over the cap. Like somehow the, the caps, they, they must have traded people away, yeah. um, for like a, a mid first round pick and some like other pieces. And I had to give up some other stuff, but that was the yeah. crux of it. And then, uh, with the Blackhawks, the next year, we were supposed to just be complete sellers. We're giving everything mm-hmm. up. Right. And the next year, I simulated the whole second season last night. And somehow, we finished President's Trophy winners. Nice. I don't know how that happened. Uh, and at the trade deadline, the K- LA Kings offered me Tuka Rask for <laughs> Eric Stahl. And I was like, huh, okay. So, Rask is my goalie heading into the postseason. And I'm going to get Rask a cup as a starter, but with the Blackhawks. So, you guys can thank me later. Um, there you go that's gonna happen that's my that's my hockey with with no hockey on with sports at a very minimum mm-hmm. I guess franchise mode I mean maybe in a few weeks we're talking franchise mode
1: yeah it might be what we have to do which is the state of the offseason we're in right now but I wonder is that a viable option
0: do you pl- do you play NHL or no
1: I do I have NHL 20 so
0: what's funny is I, I feel like I don't know if there's a way to do this because this might get people too excited. But if I don't know if there's a GM connected mode or if there's a way to like, because I know with Madden you can do like GM, you can do franchise yeah. modes with other people. Mm-hmm. There's a thing of that in NHL. We should do a thing with listeners and do like franchise modes and get them all together. And we could have a bunch of different ones in a league. And I think that would actually be kind of fun, a fun way to pass the time. So maybe that's something we we look into. We, we open we up in the future. Yeah. We think about, and I would do it in a second. I play a ton of Xbox, um, but that's just me. Uh, so there's other people out there as well. There's Anthony Duclair. There's Corey Perry. Duclair's a little tough, um, yeah. not great in his own zone, but he does have a lot of offensive upside, and I love watching him play. Yeah, um, I feel like, into his game.
1: I feel like he's gonna be a kind of like a mini of Taylor Hall, where I think he clearly did not read this market correctly, which is what happens when you represent yourself in this, in your yes. negotiations that he should have just <laughs> taken a deal with Ottawa. But I feel like now he's going to be a guy that, um, you know, listen, the guy had a breakout year, year and a half, honestly, with Ottawa. He was good after he went there in February of 2019. Um, I feel like he's going to be a guy that is going to try to recoup his value and go to a, a shitty team that's going to give him a bunch of minutes. Because I don't know if Duclair is your – he's not going to be, you know, your top – Top line forward for the entire season, or even if he's with Krejci or, or one of those guys, you don't really kind of know where he fits in. So I feel like he's going to go to a team where he can get, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes a night and try to get another 20, 25 goal season and try again next year because uh, it seems like he uh, seriously misread that market, especially for a guy who had a great breakout year, which is awesome to see, but doesn't really have a proven track record yet that you want to fork over a lot of money, especially in the way the uh, kind of revenues are kind of hit right now. You know, it's funny. Um,
0: now Ottawa has some talent. Like Ottawa yeah. has oh, a, yeah. a, way more talent than they had before. And they could put them around, put it around him. Um, and he kind of left it the worst time
1: yep. because
0: I don't, I don't know. I mean, the market stinks and Ottawa
1: isn't going to be good, but you have dad and off now there's, there's minutes there. So
0: there's minutes and there's opportunity for power play time and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I I Duclair I, I don't think the I don't think the Bruins actually could go for him. Corey Perry's an interesting one. Um I don't know. I mean
1: You kind of have maybe, a guy like with like in Richie that if you're gonna try him out, like the Bruins have whiffed many times now on just getting this like bigger bodied middle six guy. And I don't know how Cory Perry uh you know moves the needle for you. And it, granted, like he raises the stock a little bit because – he really wasn't that good during the regular season, and he played very, pretty well during the, the playoffs. But still, you've already – listen, like, you, you, the Bruins are already are in a hole with that, the Heinen trade. And, like, you've got at this point, I think you're probably sticking with Richie for now to see what you have before you move on. Um, so I don't think it makes much sense to, to get a guy like him. But I think Perry's still going to be a guy that, whether it's, you know, Tampa or one of these other teams or, or just any of those contender teams, he's probably going to go to one of those guys on a very, very cheap deal. Yeah, I, I, that's
0: what I see Perry doing as well. Um, I don't see him – I mean, you're right. The Bruins are terrible at getting that big middle six yeah. guy. So uh I don't really know what that value would sort of bring. Yeah. Uh, and they have Nick Ritchie who's going to solve all their offensive problems. Oh, of so. course,
1: yeah. Well, and as the thing is, like, I know you were looking at guys who even are worth taking a flyer on for cheap. Like, when I was writing the article about, you know, potential targets, one guy that stuck out to me was Josh Levo over in Vancouver, who solid, you know, middle six guy, um, actually had good five on five numbers for Vancouver last year, but then gets hurt back in December of 2019. You know, I think he broke his kneecap off of a hit from Nick Holden, So he missed the whole rest of the season, but, was willing to sign a one year deal for really cheap. I was like, that's a, like who the Bruins should look at. If it's a guy who has good five and five numbers, this and risk because he's coming back from an injury like that, but seems like he's healthy now that's a guy you take a flyer on and then like uh like 20 minutes before i published the article he signed with calgary so i like had to take him off the board but like what
0: is it with these guys in the northwest who just rotate teams
1: i don't know maybe they just yeah they don't like to fly very fast i don't i have no idea but i also calgary seems like they're just taking everyone so which that seems so perplexing cuz like calgary honestly should just blow it up like i don't see yes. that core like they're just like the they're like the Atlanta Hawks in the late 2000s, where like they were good, but they were never gonna like go fast. So it's like, what? You're just delaying the inevitable right now. Like, you got guys who are now like 29 to 32. Like, you're not, you're not going that far with, with the way the core is. So, but and they're I kind mean, of that, boring. Yeah, they're boring. Yeah. So, um, but like that's a guy like who the Bruins look at as a guy who can take a flyer on if he works out and he's a 30-point guy, then it's great. And you pay him, you know, I think he signed for Calgary for, I think, 850 You know, it's nothing. God. But, like, those the are the fl- guys. The
0: Flames owe Lucic $5.25 million through 2023. Oh. Nice. Oh, job, my guys. God. I'm just looking at the – Joakim Nordstrom. That's why we got to keep an eye on the Flames because Joakim Nordstrom's on the Flames. I mean, yeah. what are we, not going to watch the Flames? Um, for, indeed, for. they are. Baron. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, it's not good. Well, yeah. that's really just like the state of the market too and how it's grinded to a halt is that people are like, well, the Bruins just got to, you know, people are saying like the, the, the get out of jail free card is, oh, just trade John Moore for a team like, you know, for team, you know, Winnipeg or Calgary, which like clearly, they clearly need defensive help, right? But the way this market is, everyone's so scared shitless of taking on cap, they're not doing anything. Like this, like people are like, hammering the Bruins and, you know, you can, you can knock them for not making kind of the, the splashy moves, but also like it takes two to tango. And like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but you know, you spend a lot of effort into trying to get like, Oliver Ekman Lassen And then you're dealing with a team in Arizona who just had r- ridiculous demands there that weren't budging. And, th-
0: and things keep getting worse in Arizona. Yeah. Wonderland. Yeah. They,
1: a, a great there in Arizona, friggin' embarrassing. Um But then, you know, you, 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 can't hit on that and then at that point you're like all right you're not getting fair market value for any of these guys you can't you know if it was a normal year you'd think you'd be able to dump off John Moore's contract to a team like Winnipeg or Calgary for nothing now it has to be this whole uh labor intensive thing just to get this money moved so it's first it's shit luck for the Bruins right I mean we Look back at last year and how it ended, and obviously it didn't end as anyone expected it to, based on how good they were before the pandemic hit. But then you look at this offseason, like, all right, well, they cleared off most of Bacchus's money. They could still probably add another guy or two and make another run at it. And it's like, you can't do that much if you can't unload any cap at all. That's kind of just the way the market is right now.
0: Yeah, and Greg, I I don't want to become a Calgary Flames podcast. I have no real desire to but you know they they, they just signed TANF to a four-year 18 million dollar deal on D I mean like really yes. um and they only have like a million in cap space so these teams exactly they could maybe take a John Moore and use a John Moore Not yeah just no I mean take you, him for like they could use him as a maybe perhaps top four defenseman um and these teams really can't uh handle them at all before you go Connor is there anything uh you would like to uh plug over at BSJ
1: yeah, the uh, the headlines aren't really uh, you know too hectic right now in terms of the, the Bruins off season, but we're still going to have stuff pretty much every day. Looking at uh, you know Jake DeBrus contract and maybe some comparables you can get for him. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, Brennan Kahlo's role in this team now because I think he's got a kind of a fascinating kind of spot now where he's not going to get nearly as much ozone time as he's had with Krug. So maybe. There's another layer to his game that they can exploit as a defensive shutdown guy. So we'll be looking at a couple of different players that are currently on the team that could have kind of breakout years uh, this upcoming season. So they'll all be over at BSJ. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Do all that. Brandon Carlo, new enforcer for the Boston Bruins. You heard there it at Boston Sports Journal first. There you uh, go. this media though. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week.